To those of you who might be here representing the print or television media, please help us preserve the cherished tradition of anonymity by refraining from taking pictures in this or any other meeting room. We ask that in your reporting on OA that you use only first names or pseudonyms indicated as such of OA members and that you obscure the faces of those who identify themselves as OA members. And tonight, our speaker has been to Sacramento several times for our end of the month speaker meeting. He's from San Francisco. He's got quite a story. We really enjoy him. I hope you do too. Dominic. My name is Dominic, a folk program leader. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be out there today. I, uh, it's really good to be at a OA event. It's, it's really an amazing gift. You know, I, um, I'll tell you some of my story. I was, uh, I'm from Ireland. That's, I grew up there. That's why I talk funny. And, uh, I, um, you know, I, I was, I mean, my problem my whole life is I was fat. You know, like that, that was, that's, before I worried about that, I didn't have a problem. You know what I mean? That was my designated problem. That was my role. And that was the thing if I fixed, that was going, I was going to be okay. And uh, just some stats off the thing. I came in the program. I've been absent over six years. And when I came, I weighed 333 pounds. And I couldn't stop eating for a single day. I couldn't eat three meals a day for a single day. Not one day. And... Um, just to go back, how I got to that point <laughs> was, um, you know, I grew up in a, I'm the eldest of a large family, and I have, I grew up in a, an alcoholic, in an alcoholic home, grew up, a lot of chaos, a lot of, you know, whatever, and um, the thing, the thing that, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I say that now, but I'm, I'm a compulsive reader, and I just, I remember, like, one of my first memories was I was scolded because I had gotten the, my younger siblings, you know, I had gotten their milk bottle and I was just drinking the milk out of the bottle. And I was thinking, like, when I think back at that, even at the time, I was thinking, like, I don't even like this. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not even sure why this, you know, it's not cake, it's not whatever. <laughs> it's like, why am I doing this? And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't but... Pretty soon I was overweight, you know, in school, and I wasn't teased a lot. I grew up in the country, and that, for some reason it wasn't a huge problem for me, but I was super conscious of it. And my family constantly told me, not constantly, it was very clear to me that I was overweight and I was fat and it was a problem, you know, especially like my mom and my dad. And uh, it was disapproved, and, you know, occasionally there were some times when they tried to help, you know what I mean, and they'd help with diets or this, that, and the other, and... You know, I remember like the funniest one was, not the funniest one, it wasn't that funny, but it's funny now, was I was in Ireland and, you know, it's like winter, it gets dark at like 4.30 <laughs> in the evening and it gets, and it's like cold and rainy and I'm on the Beverly Hills diet and I'm like, trying to get the pineapple. <laughs> it's just, you know, and it's because I've seen that lady on TV and I was just like, and I'm, you know, 11, 12 years old, you know, and by that stage I was fully into the whole cycle of like, trying to diet, trying to lose weight, feeling bad about it, you know, and all of this. And it wasn't just, you know, I really felt like it was my fault and it was my problem. And I went on lots of diets, you know, and I had people who were good, like I had this neighbor friend who was 
he was really a really smart guy, and he um, he tried to help me. He was a very kind of not a judgmental person, but I remember I. I was always always really ashamed, you know, and I was always ashamed of being on diet because even then I realized, you know, I could fuck this up, you know, pardon my French, but I'm just like, I could mess it up any time. And I remember like I hid, like I had grapefruit stashed in my room and I, I was eating like, yeah, just some craziness. But uh, they, um, what happened, um, but all of those diets, you know, they had the same cycle, like lose some weight and I gain it back and I get the bonus pound, you know what I mean? I'd lose gain it back and get the bonus pounds and you know and then like into the mix and like it's, I mean I'm a compulsive overeater but in the mix of that sometime I started drinking you know and I grew up now I really thought I'd never do that but I had some relief you know when I had that first thing and I was like oh my god I, I just had that first sense of um, you know like I thought it was an answer because I, I got I felt bad all the time I felt ashamed I felt less than and I felt fat primarily and uh, next thing I had that I had I started to drink and you know that's a whole other story but I mean that was a, I remember like I'd, I'd be face down in the gutter I mean literally face down drunk and I'd be like I'm so fat you know <laughs> and I think you know and I've I've been to a lot of other meetings and I you know not in this fellowship and I I haven't heard anybody like really worry about that you know what I mean but that was my thought and uh, you know like a big port and uh, you know I went through these cycles of where I stopped and it was always like related to weight you know what I mean because I couldn't I'd stop and I'd, I'd go on a diet and I'd be controlling it, you know, and everything would get better for a little bit. And then eventually, like, none of my diets ever, you know, I, you always knew the day you started them, but I never knew the day they ended. So somehow they just phased out, you know what I mean? And, like, it, it didn't, it transitioned from, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll get back on it. Monday, the first of the month, the eclipse, solar eclipse, whenever, you know, some big thing that isn't right now and isn't going to disturb what's right in front of me right this moment. Everything else was, you know, if it wasn't the future and didn't disturb what I, or affect what I was about to eat, it was okay. And, you know, and I used that as license as well to eat whatever I, uh, you know, like that kind of like, and I remember even watching that lady who, who wrote that book about the Beverly Hills, I think it I just saw her and she, she was like, yeah, and another myth is that thing about if I'm starting a diet tomorrow, I can eat all I want today. You know, people more, gain more weight on that, <laughs> you know. And I just like, these little things, I mean, I really identify with it because I've been through that cycle. So, um, you know, I went off to college and I got um, one of the, one, I, what I started to do this thing, I had some family who live on the East Coast and I, I'd go in the summer, I'd move from Ireland and I'd go to the East Coast and I'd uh, work and I'd you know, I'd work like some outside manual job and, you know, when you're 300 or, you know, probably that time was like 280 pounds and you work in, in like New Jersey in the summer, it's like, it's hard, you know what I mean? And I'd uh, take a, I'd lose weight, I'd go on a diet and, you know, by the end of the summer I'd have lost a bunch of weight and I'd go back and, you know, and I was good, like I'd have clothes that fit and I did every, you know, everything was good. And, you know, slowly over time, you know, by the next summer, I had gained all the weight back plus a bunch more, you know. And one of those um, years, like in my early college years, I went, gained a, you know, went to the summer, lost a whole lot of weight, you know, got down to a normal size. And I went back, um, and I didn't gain the weight back, and I just picked up some other, you know, I started to drink a lot and stuff, and I, I didn't gain the weight back immediately. And, um, you know, I just, it's kind of relevant to some of the stuff that's going on now, but I mean, what happened is I got, um, you know, and the first time I had a girlfriend, and you know, things I'd never had. You know, I mean, I, 
I really didn't have all of that, you know, till I was in my college, you know, and I never felt I was good enough, and, you know, I wanted all of that, you know, and, and I even felt bad that I wanted it. I felt like, you don't deserve all of that, but I still, I, w I wanted all of that. So, you know, I had this girlfriend, and, you know, she broke up with me, and I was like, I remember I went to my room, and it felt like, I mean, this is exactly what happened, but I, I went to this, like, I had this little room, this dorm thing, and I went to the room, closed the curtains, I remember, like, somebody called me up to ask me to go something like it might have been a few weeks later. And I remember, like, putting my shirt on, like, a T-shirt that I hadn't worn. And, and I was like, this is tight, you know, something. And I was just thinking, like, I gained about 30 pounds, you know. And, like, I had been in a lot of, you know, been in a lot of drinking and everything. That, and, you know, eventually, I, like, I sailed out of college and, you know, felt really bad, wasn't able to talk. Any, you know, I couldn't ask for help or I couldn't do all of that. And, uh, you know, I gained back like 100 pounds and more, you know. And, uh, you know, I eventually got back in and, you know, and stuff. But I remember it, that really affected me, you know what I mean? Because I really thought like I had it before that, you know what I mean? I'm a normal weight and I had it, you know. And then, like, for that to go away, I mean, it was just really depressing, just for a long time. Because, I mean, I, I was confined to this kind of life, you know what I mean? And it was... Um, and I really didn't want to be overweight, you know what I mean? I didn't want it, you know what I mean? The voices in my head, everything. So then I, um, you know, I got started to work, and I uh, moved over here. I, start, I lived in Southern California for a while, and uh, I uh, got this great job, you know, worked in this good company, and I got, um, got this, my friend and I, we rented this house on the beach, and we had, you know, it was like California, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in, in uh in Europe, everywhere else, everywhere else, people think California is like Baywatch all the time. <laughs> and uh, there was, and you know, it kind of was, you know, like this was the Newport Beach. We had a house that was nothing in front of it except sand. And I thought, like, well, you should be happy now, you know. And uh, I was got into this phase where I was really depressed. I was really overweight, and so I started. I decided to, I wanted to lose lose more weight, and I uh, was. Actually, there was one thing before that I had uh, one other time I had this job. I spent a year between college and grad school. I spent a year in London working in construction. So I shoveled sand from like 7.30 till 5 every day and didn't eat anything. And, you know, I lost a lot of weight. You know? <laughs> and I remember like at the end of that, I used to go through the train station and like I'd allow myself one like of these little chocolate egg things that they get. And I, you know... And pretty soon I was making sure that everywhere I went went through that train station, you know what I mean? And, like, I was really rigid because I knew about dieting, you know what I mean? And I didn't waver from that. But, of course, it was only a matter of time when I got back in, you know, gained all the weight back and all that. So then, like, when I moved back to the Southern California, I go in. I'm back up, you know, 300, around 300 plus pounds, you know. And I go, um, things. so I start going to um, <coughs> the Jenny Craig program and, you know, not, there's nothing, you know, it's not like that, but I'm a compulsive overeater. I have a disease of compulsive overeating, and my problem isn't just what I eat. You know what I mean? Now, it is primarily I have a problem with food, and then I need to have an abstinence and a food plan and all of that. But that, you know, that alone won't carry, won't carry me. You know what I mean? That it won't carry me. So I go there, and I get their little packets, and I get their little... And I remember, like, I sitting in that room, and the, the lady's, like, she, you know, she's a saleswoman. She's trying to sell this thing to me, and I'm like... I know that day that I'm able to start a diet. There's no other, you know, I'm just, like, that switch went, and I could, hey, I could start a diet today. And I'm just going, you know, there was, like, a hundred days before that 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 wasn't possible. So I go there, and she's doing her pitch, and I'm like, just take the money, give me the bloody crap, and I'm out of here. 
And she's like, imagine yourself in a button-down shirt. And I'm like, whatever, you know, just, you know, because I'd been to, like, not that before, but I'd been to other things like that. And, you know, it, it wasn't, it, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but just it, for me, it doesn't work, you know, and I, I know that. And that's an important thing for me to know, <laughs> you know. And I had the little, you know, they had the little snack. And so I went back to my house, and I lived at this house on the beach. And it, it was progressively getting crazier there, you know. And part of this thing, I stopped drinking, and, I'm doing that, and uh, I'm doing the Jenny thing, and hiding the food, you know, hiding it in the closet, you know, hiding it in the freezer. And, you know, people people don't even notice, you know, like, people who don't think about food, or who aren't obsessed about food, and probably were drug addicts, alcoholics, <laughs> they didn't really notice anything. They're like, hey, you know, there's a yellow packet in the freezer, you know. I mean, I knew what was in the freezer. So then they, um, somewhere along the line, and, one, and that crazy, I started to do some speed, and like I did some speed, and I was like, oh my God, I just found the answer to all my problems. <laughs> I found the answer, because I'm like, I don't want, I don't even want to eat this, you're crazy crap, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I do not want to eat this, and I'm like, this is great. And I just, and you know, I kept going every week. I'd give them the money, they take, they give me the big two bags of food, I'd take it back, put it in the freezer, and just go do more speed, and like, that was it. And I just had a whole stockpile, and it took a while before I just kind of even stopped going. I'm going, like, why am I spending this money, you know? But they were, and they were calling me up, telling me I should add some bread to my food plan, and I should do this, because I was losing weight too fast. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And, uh, there was, there was uh, it was, you know, it's, it's funny now, but it was kind of sad, you know, because I, I and, like, what's funny then is, so basically my house transformed from just being, like, a, some people around was, like, there was people in and out. There was, like, drugs and, you know, just people in the middle of the night and stuff. And what's really funny, there was, like, some runaways that were, like, staying there. It was, like, this big house. And you'd see people, like, eating Jenny Craig lasagnas, you know. And, like, you know they were, like, they were, like, they were, like, you know, like 89-pound drug addicts, you know what I mean? And they're like, hmm, this is great, you know? <laughs> um, uh, so I, uh, and you know, like through all of that, I mean, luckily I, I got into another program, and, you know, and I, w I was in that program for about a year before I got here. And, and it's funny, the first time I ever went to the Elano Club, I got, I saw a leaflet for over years anonymous. And I think, and, you know, it just like, it just rung true, like that's where I need to be. Because... Through all of that stuff, in and out, and I got in trouble, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, my, I can tell you every time, like, every thought, many, many times a day, an hour, you know, was how fat I am. You know what I mean? How fat I am. And, like, all that, that I mean, for me, it was, like, how fat I am. I know now that, that that implied a whole other bunch of stuff. Like, I'm not good enough, I'm this, I'm worthless. Uh, and it's all, and the reason I can't do it is because I'm weak and I can't fix it, you know. It's I never, and you know, so I went to this, and you know, I remember my first time ever going to one a meeting, you know, and I, I tried out a lot of different meetings, except, you know, except away. <laughs> I remember, and I was thinking that the person, you know, somebody was describing their using and stuff, and I was thinking, if they were talking about food right now, I'd be absolutely, like, so there's all, like, this thing about who's the worst and who's the best story, and I'm like, I got the worst story if we were talking about food, no problem. <laughs> so we go, you know, I go there, and I went to one OA meeting, and it was one of those, like, odd meetings, you know, and the, there's, like, three people, four of them came from Taco Bell, and they're, like, <laughs> talking about whatever, you know what I mean? 
But there was one guy there who was like, you know, who had been after him, and he told me that on Saturday morning there's a meeting at this at this restaurant, and it's we have breakfast at it, and it's a good meeting, and he's just a men's meeting. He says go to that, and I was like, and you know, for the next year I I was in the other program and I worked it hard and I did that and I read the big book and everything, but that date and that time was like burned in the back of my brain. You know what I mean? I couldn't forget it because you know. Take away all that other stuff. I was gaining weight, you know, and I got up in that year to my top weight. It was 352 pounds, and I had to do that. I weighed myself at uh, used to be Family Fitness. I guess it's 24 hours. <laughs> I just weighed myself at that, and I was like, I was, you know, I was. For me, 352 pounds is a lot closer, you know, to 400 than it is to 300. Because I know I can do those last 48, and like I've never, I haven't done that, so I don't know for sure. But I mean. I know how I got from 300 to 352. I know how easy that is. I know how hard it is. How impossible. You know what I mean? And I was scared. So I went. Finally, I started going to that Saturday morning men's meeting, and I ate before, during, and after that meeting. Like absolutely, I wait. I ate on the way there. I ate, you know, at the meeting, and I ate when I left. You know, and my and like my days that time were like, I'd get up. I lived right across the street from a 7-Eleven. I'd go to 7-Eleven, get my stuff, leave. I'd go to work. If I made it to work without stopping at another one, because I didn't want to go in and buy, like, two bags worth of food, so I'd go in with, you know, like, enough, then go to the next one, buy enough, and then go to the next one, you know. Then I'd go, I'd go to, you know, go to work, get to work at a sharp 11, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> make, it, make, it to, make it to lunch without actually eating, which was at noon. <laughs> and then... Uh, Go to lunch and have a normal lunch with guys, you know? They, they, they still, like, the guy goes, remember the time you used to eat at the salad bar all the time? And I'd be, like, having salad, you know, they'd be all having, like, sandwiches and stuff. But immediately, like, all afternoon was the, the candy machine. And then after work was, like, as it got darker, <laughs> the more I ate, you know? Because <laughs> then I left and I'd go to, like, a fast food joint. And, I mean, I'd literally drive through a fast food joint and drive out and drive through another one, you know? And I mentioned, like, the, the taco place because I, I hated it, you know? And, like, I'd be in the drive-thru and I'd be pounding on the steering wheel because I'd be so angry that I'm back there, you know? And uh, I went to, um, I went, then I'd go to, like, a meeting of a different fellowship, you know, and I was the, the cookie person and tea person, you know? And I'd have, and there was, like, a 50-person, you know, so I'd, I'd lay it all out and, like, I'd do some creative reshuffling, you know what I mean? And just, like, all, eat some of them and... And, you know, sometimes then, like, I'd go over the limit that you couldn't reshuffle. So then I'd have to, like, rush out and buy more. And it was just like, and, you know, one guy even asked me once, he goes, are, they, are those cookies stale? Because they've been opened. Are they there from last week? And I'm like, no, they're about eight minutes old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was, of course, I didn't say that. I was like, oh, I'll get some fresh ones, you know. <laughs> so I, uh. So then I got to, um, but I, I was going to those, and you know, that at, that point, at that time I was uncomfortable in my skin everywhere. I felt judged, I felt uncomfortable, and you know, I was starting to feel really physically uncomfortable, you know, like I couldn't sleep without various parts of my body going to sleep, and I remember like I stood up one morning and my whole leg was asleep and I just like chinned it, you know, like I just like bang, like cause I thought I stepped forward, but I didn't. And uh, so then I go... Um, I go to those meetings, and I, I hate it, but, you know, for some reason, I felt, like, in the OA meeting, I felt okay. You know what I mean? I felt, it was the only place I didn't feel judged. 
And that's what kept me coming back. And I'm thinking, I don't want to listen to what these people are saying. I'm angry about it. I certainly don't want to be a newcomer and work the steps here again, you know. And I got, uh, you know, the OA book, the Lifeline Sampler, a selection of lifelines. And I searched that book to find um, find somebody who hadn't, who hadn't um, worked the steps and didn't have a sponsor in a way, but was lost a hundred pounds, you know. And, uh, and I also probably hadn't given up sugar. And I couldn't have, didn't find that. So then, and I searched hard. But you know what I just started to do was I started to pray and ask my higher power for help. And I started praying on my knees. And I asked, you know, I said that, whatever, kind of prayer. And it took a process of a matter of time. And at that time, I, I just moved up here to, just around that time, I moved up to San Francisco. And you know, this was another move. This was another geographic, like I said. I'd been in all these different places. And I'd been fat and overweight and everyone. I hated myself in all those places. And then, you know, when I hated I... I thought, here's another move, and it doesn't matter. If I move to Timbuktu, whatever they eat there, I'll be eating it, you know, really, you know, and a lot of it. And I remember, like, I'm up here, like, three days. The guy at the corner store knows me, you know what I mean? He goes, hey, it's 8.30, Dom's back. It's time for, you know, and I'm just getting whatever. And he's like, I, uh, but I called somebody on the phone, and they said they had, like, six years abstinence and had uh, been, lost the weight and kept, were maintaining it. So I went to a meeting, and, you know, I really was at the point of, like, I surrendered, you know. And uh, what, prior to that, like, I, you know, the, the team was like that all aboard. And, like, prior to that, I was, like, not all aboard. I was, like, hanging on the side, kind of visiting OA. You know what I mean? And I wasn't willing to go to any lengths. There's no way that I was willing to go to any lengths. And I had to get to a bottom. And, you know, when I got to a bottom, I was, I was afraid. But I, I, I said, this guy is going to be my sponsor. And I'm going to do what he says. And, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter. And I was scared because he might tell me to do stuff I don't want to do or I'm afraid I can't do. And I really thought, and he said, this is what I do. I eat three meals a day, nothing in between, no sugar. And I was like, I won't be able to do it. I've tried. You know what I mean? I've, I've, I've kind of like come conscious halfway through the candy bar. And he goes, you know, don't worry about it. And I'm like, don't you hear me? And I wasn't being a punk and just telling him, like, I, that I don't want to do it. I was telling him, like, I can't do it. You know, my experience is I can't do it. And I was really scared that I'd have that bite. You know, I'd be halfway through the bar, candy bar, when he'd... Uh, but what happened is he... Um, I just did it one day at a time. You know, I was asking him tonight. It was really, really hard. I went to, like... That time I worked in downtown San Francisco, and there was a meeting. There was meetings downtown. I went to the downtown meetings. Then I went to a meeting, you know, an OE meeting in the evening. And then I went to other meetings of other fellowships to back it up. You know, the days that there was, I didn't go to... And, you know, and I wasn't there because I needed whatever that is. I was there because I, because the minute I finished dinner, I put the fork down. I was like, I'm not sitting here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to do something. So I went to meetings and stuff. So then I um, I got in the program. And, you know, it was just like, that was it. You know, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I started to work the steps, you know, a day at a time. And I felt bad. And I went through a lot of stuff. And I, I did my first step. That was an amazing thing to share with another compulsive reader for real. You know, and I'd done that in the past with different people, but they didn't. They just look at you with a huh, you know, like they don't know. And like here's somebody who identifies, and they're nodding, and they tell you some of their story. And like that was just a freedom, you know. I worked on the second step; wasn't the wasn't a problem for me. Third step, you know, I got to that bottom. I was willing to go to any length, you know. I was like, I can't do this, but I'll try, you know. And one day at a time, I did. I was willing to do it from breakfast to lunch, you know, and I was willing to do it from lunch to dinner, and you know, then dinner to breakfast, and that was it. You know, and I was like, I'm sure I'm not doing it right. I'm sure he was my, my sponsor just kept, you know, and I called all the time and I did it. And, you know, I worked and I started doing my fourth step. And uh, doing the fourth step was really difficult. 
I had done one before, but I remember like when I went to share my fifth step, I had like gone through Burger King, you know. <laughs> not, not a problem when you got, um, when you're abstinent, you know. That was my experience. I wrote, I remember one day I wrote down on the first step, I just in the, the first column, I wrote down, Dad. And like, I remember distinctly closing the book, getting up and walking away. <laughs> and I remember I didn't work on it. You know, my sponsor would ask me, how's it going? I was like, yeah, no, you know, some vague answer. Then eventually, um, I, uh, the scale stopped changing. You know what I mean? And I was thinking, like, the scale stopped changing. And I came here because I was fat. You know what I mean? That was my primary problem. That's why I came here. And when the scale stopped changing, and I tried calling to my food, change my food, this, that, and the other, and the scale was like, stuck. You know what I mean? So then uh, when, when I exhausted all our other options, you know what I mean? I went back and worked on the fourth step, you know? And I did that and the next one and the next one. I did a fifth step. You know, and I did this six, seven, you know, the eighth, ninth step. You know, they were all, like, I mean, especially the ninth step was a big deal. I mean, doing the fourth step was a huge deal to actually share myself and expose myself truly in an afternoon fashion with another person. That was an amazing thing. To do a ninth step, to go up to people to make amends, you know, and it was it was a gift, you know. And I, uh, it took a while, and, like, one time I went to, uh, went back to, visit Ireland, you know, and I, I felt like I was like Dr. Bob. I got in my rental car and I drove around all these places, you know, and I, I just had these startled people looking, yeah, you know, they're just looking at you and like, hey, I'm, you know, 1986, I did this or whatever. But I mean, I did all that because I was willing, you know, and I, and it changed me. And by that time, I, I had done a lot of amends and like, I realized like, I'd st- sit outside work and like this new thought when I was doing my eighth step, I just remember something that would cause me to cringe or some person or something. And then I realized as I was doing the ninth step, those cringe feelings went away with those, you know, resentments and feelings. So I was like keen to get rid of them, you know. And even though they were hard and I had scared and I was afraid to do them, the more I did, like, and you know, the thing about like, you know, a big problem for me is low self-esteem, you know, feeling less than. And to feel, you know, and a way to, to, you know, that I was told like to recover from low self-esteem is to do a steamable act, you know. And I feel that like making an end is one of the most, you know, and it helped me a lot with that because, you know, I, I used to hear these, a different meeting about the thing, the mischievous humility is not feeling greater than less than, but it's just to be able to look across the table, straight somebody, look at somebody in the eye. And you know, I couldn't look at you in the eye, you know, when I got here. I could, you know, I'd look at the floor or around or whatever. And you know, it got me that ability to look people in the eye. So I, um, you know, and I went down that, went that, and I got abstinent, and you know, and a lot of stuff about my past came up, and I had to deal with that, you know, and I. I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm accident, life's good. Why am I having to look at this? But, you know, you take away the substance, you know, like the more I could see it's a drug, I use it, you know, to not feel. And it's like as a, as a you know, compulsive reader, it seems like my whole physiology is set up, like I'll do anything to not feel pain. You know what I mean? I'll do anything. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, I feel like my, you know, like I often talk to this about my sponsor, about, about the idea of like, I felt like I was living my life on the sidelines, watching the game, you know. And, you know, then like, oh, hey, you get abstinent, you lose weight, you get in the program, you're in the game. And, you know, sometimes you get knocked around and it hurts, <laughs> you know. So then um, it's kind of like, what happened? So then like the only, the thing that's recent is uh, I, uh, people, there's some people from San Francisco, they're sick of hearing this, but I'm <laughs> just like, I got... The big deal for me, you know, I had a couple of years after, maybe two or three years after, and I couldn't pick up the phone and ask somebody on a date, not to save my life. You know what I mean? I dated somebody in the program where it was very kind of casual. We were friends and stuff. 
but that ended, but I couldn't call up somebody because I was afraid of what that would mean, you know, because I was a sad, not enough, to, and I could not pick it up. And, you know, I, I had to do some work around that, and I had to, and like, I'd call people before and after, you know, I'd say, hey, I'm going to call her. Then I'd pick up the phone, hello, uh, do you want to go out? <laughs> you know, and then I'd put up, and then I'd call, I'd call, you know, and I'd do that. And, you know, eventually I got, you know, went on dates, and I went, then I, you know, then the scary, really scary thing I got in a relationship, you know what I mean? And I had to deal with a lot of stuff around that. Immediately I got on there, it just brought up so much stuff, you know what I mean? And I had to do a lot to deal with, like, you know, and I mean, you know, people think it's another outside issue or, but I mean, I'm a compulsive overeater. The way I deal with these things is I eat, you know, and I eat myself till I die. You know, I'll eat enough to die. So the thing is, you know, and I, I how I how I recovered or changed them was I worked my OA program around them. I worked the steps. I wrote 10 steps. I called my sponsor. I showed up. I told the truth. You know what I mean? I did my best. I showed up with the intent to do the right thing. And it's, you know, and I was in a relationship for a long time that recently ended, you know, over, over three years. And, you know, that was painful, you know, and it was really painful to end it. And then, you know, it wasn't the right thing and it, it ended. And, you know, I did a lot of work and we did a lot of work to try and make it work and it didn't. And, you know, the amazing thing was that all the way through that, it was, you know, I was pretty sure it was going to hurt, you know, ending it. And, you know, at the beginning, there's no way I could have ended it. But I, would have, I was too scared. But at the end, when I did, I was pretty sure it was going to hurt. But I knew that I'd be okay. It didn't mean I needed to go back to the 7-Eleven. You know what I mean? And I, it meant, like, I'm going to be sitting in my house, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to be lonely and sad, and I'm going to have to deal with a lot of feelings. But it doesn't mean that I go back. And I'm not alone, you know. It's not... Um, that kind of despair because so much of I was just afraid of having any feeling you know when I got here because I didn't know how to handle them and uh, this program you know specifically this program and being absent and showing up and uh, working with the people I work with that's what changed me you know and it's like you know I was reading in the big book you know the purpose is to find a higher power that enables you to solve your problem you know I'm paraphrasing you know and we agnostics and you know it's being able to find a spiritual experience you know and like I find, like, it, it, you know, it seems weird to say that I have had a spiritual experience because, you know, I didn't see the burning bush or, you know, burning even, you know, even on MTV. But, I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> whatever that means. But I'm just like, I just, I'm different. You know what I mean? I'm okay. You know what I mean? And it's not that I don't have problems in the world and I don't feel less than and I don't have issues and I don't deal with them. But, you know, I'm different than when I showed up here. Significantly different not more than just physically, you know what I mean? I deal, I have a stressful job right now. It's a really good job, but there's a lot of stress and stuff. And I deal with people on a daily basis, and I look them right in the eye and tell them no. You know, I tell them this, just stuff I could not do, you know? And I know that, like, all of that is, the basis of all of that, and the most important thing is that I'm an accident member of this program. I'm working a program, and I absolutely have to have a connection with higher power, and I have to bring that higher power into everything I do. You know, nobody's ever told me what my higher power needed to be. They just said, you should get one and it should be a loving higher power, you know. And I've never even defined it more than that myself, you know. And I, get on, I get on my knees every day and I, and I thank for abstinence and pray for, you know, for abstinence. And uh, I'm just really grateful for Originalis, you know. The ability to show up, like I walked in here today and I saw some people I knew and like that feeling of, well, you know, just well-being and happiness, you know, and just just the goodness that I felt coming in to see that, that's like, I didn't have that anywhere, 
You know what I mean? There was no substance. There was no food. There was no place that I was feeling that. You know, because and you can't buy that. You know what I mean? You can't go on the vacation that's going to cure that. You know. So I'm just so grateful for this program and grateful for the, you know, opportunity to talk here. And thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks. Fabulous. Good stuff. Um, there's not many announcements. There's not much to do except to, uh, we do have, if Mary, if anyone knows Mary Mueller, Muller, we have her portfolio. It looks very professional and everything. Um, it's in the Lost and Found in Hospitality. And if anyone has found a Jean uh, jersey long sleeve from L.L. Bean, that would be mine. And it better have been a $5 sale. That's all i got to say. I'd like to introduce Scarlett. She's our Science and Decorations Chair. And do you sing? Please stand up and um, take somebody's hand. We're going to say the serenity prayer together. Yes, ma'am. I'm short. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It's working. Woo Come back for the dance and karaoke. Thank you for coming.